The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Richard Bruton joins me for the Thursday interview uh, this week. Soon to be, well, as soon as soon, soon to be a former Finnegale TD. Uh, Richard, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, so you were telling me just before um, we started the interview, uh, you're a big man for the podcast these days. Yeah, I've got into them. Um, what are you listening to? I listen to a good deal of history, mainly history. So um, I, I love the Empire uh, series on India in particular. There's mm. a guy, William Dalrymple, who's written probably the best book on the British in, in India. He is really good, that episode. Uh, I'm listening to The Dictators. There seems to be a bit of a theme to, to <laughs> yeah. what I'm listening to. Uh, the rest is history. Occasionally, the rest is politics. And I also listen in French, so I'm trying to brush oh, up on my French. Okay, okay. Yeah. So listening to dedicated language podcasts or just a podcast in French? A podcast in French. It's All right. uh, often uh, L'Heure du Monde. So it's the uh, it's Le Monde, the newspaper's yeah. morning. They give about a 20-minute uh, thing each morning. And, and how much of it do you understand? I'd say 80, 80. Okay, so your French is good. French is good, yeah. French is good. Yeah. Trying to get it back. I do it. There's uh, lessons in, in the doll, so I do the, the French lessons. Oh, very good. Yeah, they, they compliment me by calling me advanced, but I'm not really advanced. So tell me, is this the plan then? You're going to spend more time in France no, in no, retirement? Not, no, no, I like reading in French. Uh, it does give you a different perspective on things mm. that are going on. Uh, so, no, it's not. I have the ambition to own a vineyard or do something. No, something oh, like right, that. okay. <laughs> uh, what are the ambitions then for retirement? I haven't really worked it out. I think I'll take my time to see, you know, other things that I, I could like to get into. Um, I'd probably stay on them. I'm involved in setting up a, what they call a policy lab in Fine Gael, um, which tries to, you know, have deeper engagement with people about policy issues for the long term. And I think that's really important for politics. Uh, you know, there is a democratic deficit, as they say, in, mm. in, in politics, including Irish politics. And I think, you know, we have to try and rebuild uh, connections with, with voters and give them a way of influencing what happens. And I think the Policy Lab, I'm very excited about it. We've done a few projects already. Yeah. Uh, we've done one on care of the child. We're doing one on positive ageing at the moment. And we've done one on, you know, the circular economy, the sort of climate challenge. Uh, and these are bigger, longer term challenges. And I think it's important to engage with people as to you know, how they understand them, what will work, what language will persuade them to do things differently where we need to do things differently. So mm. I'm ver- quite excited about that. Um, now, it's, it's resource intensive, as you can imagine, but uh, I think it's the way it's part of, you know, the future politics yeah. in my view. Yeah, there was no such policy labs um, when you were first elected to the Dáil in, in the early 80s. Is that uh, a further indication of, of how the political landscape has changed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like those days, there would have been probably four pages devoted to what happened in the law yesterday in the Independent, the Press and the Times. Mm. Uh, and you had a good chance of being noticed if you were you know, ambitious in what you contributed in the law or things you said uh, were likely to be picked up in, in the press. Now I think the law is a bit more sort of it, it echoes what's happening in the soundbite world uh, and it's not taken as seriously. The committees are still good, uh, but I think the doll has changed. 
uh, we live in a much more, I suppose people are in their own capsules. They think about politics just listening to more limited points of view. Mm. You know, when, when I entered politics, there was a sort of a common forum. Everyone listened to the RT news at six or nine. Everyone uh, read one of those national dailies. So there was a sort of a, a forum within which people understood politics like that. That's all shattered. You know, people have all sorts of different understandings of politics. And I think, you know, it's a challenge for politics to recreate some common ground that you don't see us fracturing the way you've seen in the US or the UK, indeed, with, you know, and in a number of countries, you know, the sort of, I I was unkind to call it lowest common denominator, but uh, lowest common denominator politics can take hold with smart targeting of of audiences. And that worries me, yeah, for sure. And how do you, or do you put the genie back in the bottle or you, do you just learn to manage the new reality in a better way? I think do both. You you may have to learn to manage. You're not going to change that. People aren't going to go back to listening to yeah. uh, or reading the daily papers. That's but So you have to manage it in that sense. But you also, I think, have to create some other connection with voters than the traditional one that, you know, has sort of fallen away. You know, parties have got much weaker in terms of their organisation. People have much less attention to what domestic politicians are yeah. doing. So you have to try and create some new um, bridges. And how how do you do that? Because we started by talking about podcasts and maybe they're a good example of it. it, it, Because what they allow people to do is to kind of retreat inside that cat. You only listen to what you're interested in or you only expose yourself to the information that maybe um, aligns with your kind of predisposed opinions. So, I mean, imagine that person out there who you're talking about, who's kind of found themselves in this echo chamber. who in the past just kind of through sheer kind of osmosis would have picked up what was happening in the doll or elsewhere because it was getting so much more coverage would have been exposed to the opinions of different people from all across the political spectrum. Now they're only exposed to the people who they agree with. How do you reach them? Because I but doubt there, it's a Finnegale policy think tank no, or no, whatever you want to describe to it. Well, I do think there's, there is a regulatory piece to this. I do think you have to prevent people using all this detail that, you know, the platforms have about our individual preferences being used to, you know, distort people's idea of politics. So you do, there is a regulatory side to this mm. to, to prevent some of the excesses that we know have happened. I, I, I You know, I think you, politics has to get smarter. That's the new environment. Uh, so you do have to think about how you can catch attention, how you can build, you know, groups, uh, you know, that are are exposed to, you know, what you're trying to say and mm. do. And I don't think we can rely on the prism of the media to project it, which would have been the way in the past. The media, I think the media, you know, because it's become so diverse, uh, it doesn't play that role in quite the same way. So for a political party, I think you do have to get smarter. Um, I don't think anyone has quite mastered it. Most governments are struggling <laughs> to yeah. explain what they're doing. Uh, critic- Criticising is easier, th- uh, you know, when you're explaining yeah. it's it's tends to be dull and dreary. Um, so I don't think, I certainly haven't mastered it in- anyhow. Um, I do, do think you have to project the personality of the party and create a personality for the party as well. Um, there's a very good book, I'm sure you've read it, The Political Brain by mm. a guy called Drew West. And, you know, where people's perception about politics is much more emotional. It's about how they relate to people. Do they feel they're on their side? Are yes. they willing to, you know, stand up and do something about it? I think that side of of 
of politics has to become uh, more to, to the to the front, if you like. And there's a wonderful video, I don't know if you saw it, where they're comparing Barack Obama's appeal at Christmas uh, to the American electorate versus Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And Hillary is looking at all her policy packages under the Christmas tree, her social welfare reform, yeah. justice reform. And, and, and Barack Obama and the wife and the two kids are there and they just say, thanks for welcoming us into your home and hope you have a great Christmas and the kids wave. And the question is, which, you know, which ad has made more impact? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the criticism of that approach to politics is that, you know, uh, Obama's maybe the, the positive manifestation of it, but Donald Trump is also manifesting is, oh, yes, exactly absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, like when you say about emotion, hate is an emotion and fear is, is an, an emotion. emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, no. we're already seeing it. Yeah, no, and man, if you go back and read a book on the Weimar Republic, you can see how, how even before social media yeah. was there, hate was a very powerful emotion. Um, but I do think, you know, those who want to offer something alternative have to be on an emotional uh, mm. level as well. They can't, you know, you can't fight that sort of Trumpist emotion with, you know, detailed policy programmes. They just, they don't hit the same audience. Uh, they just don't work. Um, so, you know, it's, um, if I had another 40 years in me, I'd be yeah. excited <laughs> about the prospect of the next 40 years in politics. Um, who was the most colourful character in the doll when you were first selected? Oh, gosh. Um... Trying to think, uh, I really admired Jim Kemi, mm. you know, who was, I suppose he, he was colourful in some ways. Uh, I won't recall <laughs> his description of his constituency colleague, uh, but it involved mighty mice. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, but he, he, he I, I really liked, uh, I thought he was a very genuine sort of guy. Uh, and he was avuncular, you know, he would give you advice, mm. you as a young cub coming through and he as a more elder state. What advice did he give you? More not to be disheartened, I think, was okay. the sort of advice, uh, you know. So it's that sort of affirmative, like obviously our politics didn't coincide yeah. in, in everything, not maybe in some things, uh, but it was more that. Uh, that sort and was, is, that a, is that a common experience of people who are elected kind of uh, disheartened and feeling that, you know, God, I, I, think, I, I thought I'd be able to wield all this power and yeah, effect positive change and actually I think it's much so. slower. I think so. The whole thing is very, very slow. It's, it, it, it is frustratingly slow. Now maybe I had a bit of an advantage. I, I had worked in the research world. I was worked for the SRI. So a bit of an idea of yeah. how slow things can be. Um, I think the other thing that people are surprised about, how, how nice their political opponents are, you know, how these are also politicians who are very similar in loads of ways uh, to, to one another. And I think the friendships across the political divide is something that I think surprises uh, people coming yeah. in. You know, you tend to think it much more in the sort of Punch and Judy terms that, uh, whereas in fact, you know, everyone is sort of doing the very best and they that, can. That, that makes it, a, a, I assume, it's a better working environment for everybody involved. But does it also help our politics in this country? That's... I think There's so. Kind of yeah, no, I think so. I think so. And uh, like one of the reasons why I think elect, you know, electronic voting didn't go down well was it destroyed that sort of social side of politics where the party members from all parties and none had to come into the same hall and go through this long 
count and, and rub yeah. shoulders with one another and get some appreciation of, of, of one another. As, uh, bonds forged yeah, think, in common experience. Exactly. I, think, I think so, you know, and so we are, we are a very centrist and obviously PR creates that too, you know, it does drive people towards the centre uh, in, in in our system more so than t- to the extremes. Though, you know, PR obviously has <laughs> worked the other way in, in some countries mm. where it is, uh, you know, fractured politics to such a degree that it became impossible to do anything. But that hasn't happened in Ireland. And I think there is a sort of a, uh, you know, a common... We're we're pretty homogeneous, I suppose, in many ways. Now, obviously, we're now becoming more diverse. Yeah. Uh, and one of the great things in politics at the moment, I think, is the number of people from, if you like, not traditional Irish backgrounds who are now coming into politics. You know, I think that's great yeah. to see. Um, how many times over the years, since the early 80s, have you, despite the advice of Jim Kemmy, kind of felt disheartened, where, where you've wanted to do more? Where you've, you, you, you know... I'm thinking maybe of say the 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 early years of the government post 2011, maybe where you kind of the 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 country was really on its uppers, and there would have been a desire to no, I, wield I, I never got change. in that stage. You know, uh, like I suppose I'm pretty systematic in the way I think about politics and mm. challenges. So we devised this sort of action plan approach, which I've done in virtually every department I've been in, to look at what are the big challenges, how do we get people to share an ambition, uh, and then how do you identify the things you need to change to get to that ambition. That's always been my um, sort of approach to politics. And, you know, when you have that big ambition and you feel you're working towards this, I think it does stop you, you know, looking backwards and saying, you know, regretting things that maybe have done. You, you, Is that all, a personality trait you have rather than a It's a bit of a personality approach. trait too, yeah. yeah. It's both. Like, I, I don't dwell on things. I, I forget things very quickly and move on. I'm blessed with a short memory, which is a great asset in politics. Um, but also, I, I don't dwell on things. I, I think of the next thing, uh, the next challenge. And uh, I think that's, you know, it's it's it keeps you... Um, sort of saying uh, yeah. I think my father was the same sort of uh, you could it's a family it trait stoic but it's it's well yeah, I'd say John is more uh, you know probably slightly different from that I'd say I'm <laughs> more, okay. more chill than John would be uh, <laughs> But I never, Is, would John say the same I don't know I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's listening. Yeah, he mightn't recognise himself. <laughs> exactly, that would be, I have to make up. <laughs> um, so John obviously was leader of the party. T- tell me and remind me about what precipitated your, so you ran for leader twice after Michael Noonan's yeah, yeah. Uh, election bid um, and then the, the so-called heave against Enda Kenny. What precipitated that heave? Well, I think we just felt uh, that we weren't making the progress we ought to be uh, at at a time of, you know, the government was in huge difficulty, huge mistakes had been made in government and uh, there seemed to be an opportunity that we weren't quite capitalising on. Um, So that's what was behind it. Um, obviously it didn't succeed and like anything else uh, was it uh, who's it said the former Tyrone manager used to say when you when you win a match you don't do everything right and when you lose a match you don't do everything yeah. wrong and that's the way it was we we, we came up short but um, uh, you know you, you just you move you move on I, I, I went back into the front bench and I did the very best I could uh, in a different role from what I, what I had before but um, you 
I, I think that's politics. It is the business side of politics. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't affect... In me. a situation like that, how much behind the scenes are, are kind of personal relationships frayed? They are to a significant degree. I think that the, the, the trouble is a lot of the people who support you then their career is impacted by the fact that you didn't succeed. And yeah. that's the, the part that I would feel most uh, regret about, you know, that having gone up front and tried to achieve change, it failed. And then you see people who, who you know, whose careers are impacted by that. Um, I suppose that's inevitable in politics too, but um, it is the side that you, you know, you sort of see personal personal friends or people who put their head on the line to to support you then uh, suffering the consequences. That, that's the hard side. And was there a period afterwards, and maybe you've already kind of answered this by, by with your suggestion that um, kind of you've inherited from your father this ability not to dwell on the past too much. Was there a period afterwards whereby you know, decisions would be made, uh, tide calls, Enda Kenny as Taoiseach would have come down one way or the other where you were sitting around the cabinet table thinking, I'd have gone the other way now on that. No, no, it doesn't work like that. Um, particularly not under Enda. Enda's very much a team player. He builds a, a sort of a... a feeling of mutual effort um, you know esprit de corps as they would say in French uh, Not one of those dictators you're no, listening to not. on your podcast And every morning he'll come in and he'll say how are you doing and if you're trying to do something he'd be always there to try and help you along the way Like so he, he was for his time uh, for the time we were in he was uh, a very good Taoiseach you know Have you then having been around different Taoiseach uh, but within your own party and, and other parties is there a, a common value that they all share? You know, because the, 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 other people who'd be around them, and Enda would have fallen into this category to a degree, there's kind of a, a an intangible kind of magnetism a little bit. About, I remember him, uh, in the local and European elections in 2015, it's a random story, but we, I was following him around and we, we were in the bullring in Wexford and he bumped into Don Witcherly of all people who was, who was, appearing in Sive in the uh, uh, and and Enda just started reciting Sive in the pub you know what I mean and people were loving it there was people coming up taking selfies with him he was high-fiving everyone and I as a reporter here was asking people afterwards whether they'd vote for him and half to was like God no I wouldn't vote for him but they were still going up to take selfies and high-five him you know that that type of thing well I think not uh, not it, all politicians it, no, have it one is unique, and so, some do know, and some... it's hard to know what makes that well, I think Enda was unique in his in in that his storytelling. Uh, he he is so funny in in private. You know, at times when he's when he's on song, he's <laughs> as was Brian Cowan, indeed. You know, another great storyteller. And um, but I suppose there is you know the traditional difference between chairman and chief. You know that yeah. distinction. Yeah. Uh, like Enda was much more chairman. I'm sure Charlie Hawley would have regarded himself as chief. Uh, you know, and they I think Tishi do position themselves. <laughs> somewhere along that spectrum. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the events that you face, colour, you know, in John's time, we were trying to keep together three parties, you know, the yeah. the, the Democratic Left, Labour and, and Fine Gael. And I suppose John, one of the strengths that he developed was his capacity to work with people who 
many people would have said before, you know, they'll never, this, this is oil and water we're trying to mix here. Yeah. But it worked. Um, so, you know, I think there's a partially the events you, you, you face uh, influences the way you lead, but also then your personality and, and it was, was unique in that, you know, that capacity to engage with people. He draws energy from the crowd. Yeah. You know, some people feel nervous in the crowd and it just, you know, thrives in the crowd. What do you miss about it all? I think I'd miss that. I miss knocking on the doors, the people you meet in politics, the people you meet, you know, when you're trying to help people out with different mm. challenges in their lives. I've, I've always loved that. I, I suppose that's kept me going along, you know, I canvass twice a week. I've always done it. I still do it. Uh, so, you know, that side of it, I've always enjoyed, you know, the, and I think it's an important role of, you know, you are trying to represent people. You also need to understand the people you represent. Uh, so I love that. I, I definitely will miss that. I'd say the old boots will go out for walking down yeah. the streets, even if I'm not there to follow them. They got so used to <laughs> knocking on doors. Uh, but yeah, I definitely miss that. And, you know, obviously there is a buzz in politics too, yeah. even if you're only on the back benches and you're saying your, your piece, there is a buzz to yeah. being able to there be there and you're, you can imagine you're influencing events. You hope you're influencing events. Well, we wish you well with uh, retirement, Richard, even though it's only a semi-retirement, as you say, you're still involved uh, uh, with that uh, vehicle within Fine Gael, that policy vehicle. Uh, we wish you well with the French as well and yeah. the vineyard. You and know? the swimming. Don't run it out yet. Don't forget the swimming and the cooking. And the swimming and the cooking and all the other things. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Richard Britton, uh, Fine Gael TD, thank you very, very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.